Hello everyone, and welcome back! Yes, it is in fact welcome back to the Wings and Riffs Totally Unstructured podcast. Now you might be confused saying, what do you mean welcome back? This is a brand new channel with no followers except for Refixix and 8-Bit Sushi and with no past broadcasts. But if you are coming over here from a Wingless Valkyrie stream, then you'll understand why it's welcome back. If you're new here, the podcast used to be happening on the Twitch page of Wingless Valkyrie, but we have since moved it over to its own dedicated Twitch page as it was just, it was just time for it. Also, there were things that kind of started happening on my channel that conflicted with the podcast, so we had to separate it anyways. Which was going to happen eventually, but it just so happened to happen now. So, welcome back everybody, thank you guys for being here. My name is Torsten Nogel, also known as Wingless Valkyrie, and on my right here is my co-host Jackson Kolmike, is also known as Refixix. You were about to open your mouth and say something, go ahead and say what you were about to say. I was going to say, yeah, it's all his fault, like normal. 100%, everything's always my fault. Have you, have you seen the way I run things? Everything's my fault. Have you seen me? <laughs> Have you seen me? Have you met me? I create problems and then I blame others. Or, or sometimes I man up and blame myself. Usually I just blame others. <laughs> but anywho, welcome, welcome back everybody. How is everybody doing? I hope you guys are all doing fantastically well with your lives and that everything's going well for you uh anybody who's watching this either as a past broadcast or live right now this empty box between us normally is for twitch chat i haven't gotten around to setting that back up properly so this will remain empty all podcast my apologies if you're listening on audio sorry for the random nonsense but what, let's be honest what is this podcast it's random nonsense <laughs> hey, that's, that's all it's it is it's, it's nothing but random nonsense brother <laughs> yeah so and that's why it's the best and that's why it's the best <laughs> uh speaking of why it's the best sorry for not having a podcast last week or i think last week or last two weeks it was been it's either been a week a week of off time or two weeks of off time i can't remember a, a bit of time but apologies <laughs> like for that usual, it's it's been busy <laughs> it's been busy apologies for that everybody stuff happens things get in the way and we gotta we got stuff that we gotta do so anywho uh, speaking of stuff we gotta do, I'm just gonna quickly mention this because it'll probably come up at some point in time. There probably, most likely, will not be a- Excuse me. Excuse me. <clears throat> Ow, that hurt. There probably, most likely, will not be a podcast September 10th. I know most of you will forget about that anyways, but just getting it off my chest, most likely there will not be a podcast on September 10th because Jackson is doing a very long drive that day and will probably not be available to podcast unless he wants to try and podcast from his car i disadvi I, I disagree with and i say that's ill-advised but hey get, he does what he plug wants in my, get that sort of adapter plugged in my snowball into the phone yeah <laughs> turn it from usb to fucking lightning and then just yep this is fine holding the fucking snowball as he's driving <laughs> That this yeah, is fine. Like, no, no, no. Just have it like on the steering wheel. Oh yeah, then just like tilt your head with it as you're turning around corners, just so you don't lose audio quality like this all the time when you're ever turning around the corners. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and considering I'm going through the mountains, uh, yeah. There will be a lot of this happening all the damn time. So, unfortunately, and or, hopefully it's not like stupid snowy or some crap like that. I, I highly September, doubt it. It shouldn't I'm be. Hoping. I don't know about Banff, but, I mean, there shouldn't be snow already. That'd be a little ridiculous. No, not right now, but in a month's time. I, st I, st I still don't think so. If it is still 30 degrees on a normal day here in Kelowna, it cannot be snowy in one month's time between here and Banff. I'll cry. And then I will scream at Mother Nature you and say... want to make that a bet? 
<laughs> no, because I will probably lose money, and I'm already spending a lot of money for this trip, so probably no. Uh, speaking of this trip, uh, Jackson is coming down in September. This is why there's probably not going to be a podcast on September 10th, because he's coming down to visit his family here in Kelowna. And his extended but mainly to hear visit tours that I'm right. What's up? Damn rights. But he's he's <laughs> original plan was he's coming down to visit his family and his extended family who are all coming into Kelowna because his parents got a new house and they're all excited about it, which is great and fantastic. So that's happening. But alongside that, I am finally going on a sailing trip for an extended number of days. I've been trying to. F I was originally. My original plan was I was going to take the sailboat, which you guys may or may not know about. If you follow me on YouTube or on Instagram, you definitely know about it. I don't know if I've ever really talked about it on Twitch, but if I haven't, uh, I have a 30-foot CNC 1979 sailboat. It's a wonderful boat. It's meant for ocean sailing, so it's got liveaboard equipment. Um, I've never, until last night, spent the night on the boat. Last night I decided to go down and actually spend the night on the boat, just see what it's like. Not really a full-on spending the night on the boat because I stayed in the harbor docked up where there was no waves or anything, so you essentially just slept on the bed in the boat, but there was no rocking side to side like a true normal sleeping experience, which is fine. But I've always wanted to take at least three days. I normally get two days off of work. I wanted to take either an extra day off at the beginning or end of my week and just sail tip to tip of Okanagan Lake, go all the way to the northern part from Kelowna, which is literally halfway down the lake, and then go all the way to the southern part, and then back to Kelowna. I've always wanted to do that. I said it would roughly take me three days, and then I decided, you know what? I don't want to do this alone. I want to do this with some people, and originally, my ex-girlfriend Kendra was going to join me. She's not anymore because of reasons, and then I decided, you know what? Why don't I invite Jackson? Because Jackson would probably do it with me, and then I was like, you know what? Why don't we also invite my cousin Yulia? You're, and you're probably thinking, where the hell did that stretch come from? I'll try to summarize. Yulia lives in Denmark. She's not doing anything too particularly important right now, and she won't be doing anything come September. Her other cousins, Matilda, her other, her sisters, who are my cousins, Matilda and Laua, are both in school. No, Matilda has a kid that is just born, like within the last two months, so she's got that to take care of. Uh, Laua is going back to school in September, so she won't be able to do that. Yulia, however, is done school and is just working, so I was like, let's bring Yulia over. Let's go sailing, and Yulia's dope as hell, so that's happening. So, long story short, in September, we are going to be taking a... between two days, like minimum, to four days maximum sailing trip. It all depends on the wind. On Okanagan Lake, myself, Jackson, and my cousin Yulia. That should be fun, and hopefully a good experience. I'm really excited because sailing and doing the four-day trip. I'm very excited, though, however, because you have only ever been on a sailboat once, and that was when the boat was winterized and covered in tarps, and you barely, like, did anything. We walked on, looked inside, and then we skedaddled. That was it. <laughs> hey, this looks cool. Yeah, that was it. And then we left. That was it. Because <laughs> it was winter. We couldn't take the boat out, and it was all winterized it was and stopped. Cold, it, was, it was cold. It was covered in tarps. We had antifreeze in the engine. It was all bad stuff. So, well, not bad stuff. It was good stuff, but it was bad stuff to go sailing in. So that didn't happen. Yulia has never been on a sailboat, period. So I'm excited that for your guys' actual, like, pretty much for your both your first-time experiences, we're not just going to go and just have a nice sail and come back. No, no, no. We're going to go on there for up to a maximum of four days, four full days. You're going to stay on the boat. You're going to live on the boat. And that's it for four days. Learn how to sail in four days. Well, you don't have to learn how to sail. I'll do the most of that work. But I will be teaching you guys the bare minimums in case that shit goes south and I injure myself or got or or even worse fall overboard 
then you fuckers gotta come back and get me. So have fun. Uh, <laughs> shit. Just leave him. <laughs> Just leave him. We don't need him. It's fine. I'm the captain. Look at me. I'm the captain now. It's fine. Let's go. <laughs> if that does happen, I do it that way. Do it that It's a good thing I have two captain's hats on board. I have my big tricorn hat that I usually wear on stream for like uh, Sea of Thieves. And then my sister, when they got the boat, got the boat, she got me a little white. Like up-to-date captain's hat. It's a white hat with a little black brim, and it's got gold leaf that things and an anchor on the front of it. Oh yeah. So I have two. Of, I have those two hats on board. So I'm definitely thinking that the other one, the newer one, would suit me. The white one, yeah. Yeah. See, I definitely. like it. I, I I like it. I was very but, happy that my sister got it for me. But I'm a pirate. I wear the tricorn <laughs> one. It's fucking dope. So, and then I was down at Kelowna Costumes about a couple weeks ago when I was. Well, more than about about a month ago now, actually, when I was getting my fake mustache and fake wig for Twelfth Night, and I saw they have a whole section for pirates, and they have hats. They have a lot of hats, and I was like, "Yo, I, I want like you, every like, one of these all hats." All the hats, just like they were so good. I wanted to, but I was there with my costume director, so I couldn't go around and just look at other stuff. We were there strictly for wigs and mustaches. That was it. So, Feels but bad, I man. but I definitely want to go down there again and just be like. There's a lot of hats in here, brother. <laughs> Just go through them all. Because they're all very nice. I'm pretty sure the hat I got, I got for free because... Don't quote me on this, anybody who's listening or watching this, but I'm pretty sure I stole it from a production I was in. Because I don't remember nice. buying... I don't remember buying it. I remember... Because here's the connection I'm making. I remember seeing that exact hat that I have down at the boat now. I'm not going to name the company because that'll narrow it down and they'll come find me. But I, rem <laughs> I remember seeing the hat Ill amongst the costumes that we were given to try on, and I wanted to wear it for my character so badly, didn't fit the character whatsoever or the time period whatsoever, so <laughs> of course, director didn't let me. But I remember just looking at it every single day and be like, I want that hat. And then I don't remember what happened, but then suddenly I had the hat in my house. So, <laughs> making... <laughs> Making the connection, <laughs> making the connection between the memories of seeing that hat in that costume box and then suddenly having the hat in my bedroom, I'm pretty sure I took the hat home so, with me one day. What we I can say for this stream is uh, the big title is Tor Commits a Crime. I, but, but did I really though? Because I don't remember doing it is the thing. I might have blocked it out because I knew it was wrong and just rejected it as a memory because it was wrong. I don't know. But I remember wanting it. I don't remember what happened to it. And then I remember suddenly that exact hat was in my bedroom. It, may, it could be completely different hats, though. I could have bought that hat somewhere. Did you get somewhere. drunk and steal the hat? I doubt, no, because then I would have had to dro drove home. I've never drunk driven, so clearly not. But the sad thing is that this wouldn't, if, 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 this, if I did end up taking that hat, it wouldn't be the first time I've taken something. Jeez. <laughs> But comparatively, compare. I think I'm pretty sure I've talked about this on stream before. And by the way, I'm pretty sure my um, mom, if you're listening to this, uh, she already knows this. I'm pretty sure. If she doesn't, she's about to find out a lot about me. Um, my, Mar I have a Marshall amplifier back here for my guitar. I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on stream. That Marshall amp I got for free because oh, is it that the guitar amp, the one from Hilltop? Okay, no, not that. No, okay. I was uh, thinking the, uh, you know, most wanted dude. 
Oh, that? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, that was strictly furniture. That was no electronic equipment. That was the couch, uh, the big green chair, and the stool, and the the TV table. It was all furniture. There was no electronics that he left behind. But no, that's a another fun story. But <laughs> anyways, um, no, this Marshall amplifier, it's a... It's an MG Series 250 DFX. I know that means nothing to you, but maybe some other listener will know what it means. Um, I I used to be in band back in Hilt, back in high school when they had band, uh, and mm -hmm. they had a and they had a room designated for band, which was dope. But there was a lot of equipment that was kind of stored in the closet that never got used because band class in Hilltop was very very small. There was not a whole lot of people oh, yeah. involved in it, so. After two years of band in grade 9 and grade 10, they decided to shut down band and not offer it as a class anymore because there wasn't enough interest. And they were going to turn the band room into a wrestling room, which me, not an athletic kid, well, I was, I, was in, I was in football and I was in boxing, but I hated wrestling. I, did re I tried out wrestling once, wasn't for me. I was very really? disappointed. Yeah, I tried. I, I wasn't in it very long. I think maybe three months absolute maximum. I did normal training, and then I went to one event and after that event i was like this is awful i got second uh -huh. last. i got second last so i think that might have been nice. a bit i might have been a big driving factor as to why i did not like wrestling <laughs> but anyways they were turning the old band room into a wrestling room and i was very upset because i was like this school now has no musical things like in at, at all offered as classes so i was wondering what's going to happen to all the music equipment just left in that storage room and I didn't get a straight answer from the principal because I had asked him and I said, what's going to happen to all those musical instruments and stuff in that storage room in the band room? And he said, I don't know. We'll probably just get rid of it or something, but who knows? He didn't give me a straight answer. So I thought, so what he means to say is that he doesn't know what's in that room. I knew that there was a Marshall MG Series 250 DFX in that room. I knew it was there. <laughs> So this is something you've never even told me. Did I? I've never talked about this? No. Oh, okay. Well, you're learning a little bit about me. So, I knew that amplifier was in that room. And I knew that nobody, like, used it ever. I was the only one in band that even played guitar, but we didn't play guitar in band. But I was the only one in that band class that played guitar out of band. So, and I knew the principal wasn't going to use it. He doesn't use instruments. He didn't even know it was in that room. So... I didn't want it to go to waste. I didn't want anything in that band room to go to waste. But I didn't have any need for like the saxophones or the tubas or anything like that. I wanted that amp. So, I lied to my mom and I said, I, <laughs> I lied to my mom and I said, hey, the principal said, since they're shutting down band and they're turning it into a wrestling room, that I could take whatever I wanted from that storage room. So I had my mom come pick me up one day from school and I went to the band room and I grabbed that amp and I walked it over to the car along, sorry, along, my mom knows about this because my mom has been very mad about me along with this conductor stick. <laughs> <laughs> I grabbed this conductor oh. stick as well. So I, I still have this conductor stick, which I've used for subscribers all the time. I do this, this conductor. This conductor stick was stolen from Hilltop High. So... <laughs> so I stole the Marshall amplifier and the conductor stick. But, again, 
in my mind, it was justified because I knew, I knew in my heart they were never going to use that amp. And they were never going to use that conductor stick. And they were just going to get rid of them. Just throw them away. Because they had no use for them. And on my head, I was like, I'm actually going to use that amp. And at the time, I wasn't going to use a conductor stick. I do now for streams. Every time there's subscribers, I use it. So fuck you. <laughs> but I was, just, I was, I was vengeful, and I was angry at the school for shutting down the thing. So I lied to my mom and I said, "Hey, principal said I could take whatever I wanted out of that room because they're not going to use it." And she came and picked me up, and I hauled in that amplifier and the conductor stick, and then I drove away. And you know what? No one ever asked me. No, because I thought maybe someone would go into the room and do inventory and find out that the amp is missing or somebody else will notice that me walking across the parking lot with that amp out of school not a word principal never asked me nobody ever questioned anything so i knew they didn't care and didn't even notice no no no, no. what would have happened is it would be like okay where the fuck is that conductor stick yeah that's like aren't we missing an amplifier i don't fucking care about the amplifier where's the conductor stick <laughs> but so my mom has, I, my mom has, uh, she's, if she's listening, I know, thank you. She's made the comment that I shouldn't have stolen this conductor stick many a times, but she's been more adamant about the conductor stick than the amp. I don't know if that's because she doesn't know about the amp, or, uh, <laughs> or if she yeah, just thought maybe I'm the conductor, <laughs> or if she doesn't know that the conductor stick, like, maybe, but used a little bit more for class. I don't know. I don't know how much one of these things are. It's literally just like a piece of fiberglass with a little rubber tip end on it. That's all this is. The amp, however, is a lot more expensive. However, I kind of got gypped on it, though, because when I took it home and I tried to use it, it did not work. So I was kind of like, hmm, well, that's unfortunate. Why doesn't it work and everything? And I took it apart and I looked at it and the speakers were fine. Everything looked fine. My dad then took it into Edmonton for me, got it looked at. Motherboard had a crack down the center of it, apparently. They, the they said that it looked like someone was probably carrying it and then dropped it and then it just snapped like this as, as it was dropped. But all they had to do, they, they, they soldered the motherboard, like it wasn't snapped in half, but like there was a component of it that had a crack through the center where it was bowing, which I didn't notice. I was too young to notice that kind of thing. But they, they essentially plied it back together, soldered it together, worked totally fine. And then my dad got it back. And it still works to this day. So, I didn't so, pay... I didn't commits pay, a crime. Tor commits a crime, yes. So, <laughs> going all the way back to that pirate hat, um, <laughs> I've, I remember the details about getting this conductor stick and getting that amplifier. I don't remember getting that hat. So, I... Maybe someone <laughs> knew you really liked it and they just, like, chucked it into your room or something. Maybe? I don't know. I'm I'm willing to say that's that's now canon because it puts me off the off the hook. I don't know, but yeah. So I try to be as I try to be a good person as much as I can. But if I'm doing something bad, it's usually because it's justified. That amp I knew, it's justified in here in my head. So it's justified. Uh, you're chaotic neutral, huh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> well, I, I'd like to think I'm chaotic good because I try to do good things I try to be positive and have a positive outlook but when when stuff is like I know they're not gonna care or I know they're not even gonna notice and it's for the greater good it's if it if it's a positive in, it's, if it's a positive impact on me and it's either a neutral or positive impact on them then I do it and I consider taking that amplifier and this conductor stick positive positive because 
I not only did they not know what was in that storage room, but even if they did and they tried to sell it, then they would get an angry response because the amplifier was broken. <sighs> but that's only coincidental. Had it been working, had it, it been working, been then yes, it would have been different. But it was broken. So, and then I took it without knowing it was broken either. So, in re in retrospect. I took broken equipment out of the school that they didn't have to do. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, Twitch alerts still work. Hello. Thank you for the follow, whoever that is. I don't see the name, but it apparently still works. Why does that work? It tr oh, never mind. That part is linked through, tw through OBS, through the stream thing. That's I can't see the name or the person. That's linked to Wingless Valkyrie, but I can see when someone follows the channel because that channel is linked to OBS. It's confusing. Whoever just followed, appreciate you. Thank you very much. I don't get an email say showing... Say something who... in our chat here. Yeah, say something in our yeah. chat here so I could see. And usually I get an email notification when someone has followed. I did for Jackson and I did for Apitsushi. Didn't get an email this time. So that might have been... That might have just been a horridly delayed alert for someone. I don't know. Anyways, whoever that was, appreciate you if you're even still here. And thank you for that. So yeah, so long story short... I don't. I. I, Tor I don't. Tor committed the crime. I. I have stolen two things of that I remember: the conductor stick and the amplifier. However, the hilltop never noticed, and I guarantee you right now, if you ask them today, they have no idea what you're talking about. They never noticed, and it was stuff that was going to go to waste anyways. I essentially took stuff out of their trash bin for my own benefit. The hilltop's trash was my trophies gold. however that comment gold sure treasure treasure that's the word so there's that the hat is a little bit different it was in a costume box for the production it was a large costume box mind you okay they, they weren't they weren't low on funding they had a lot of costumes and it, just, it was just there i don't remember taking it i don't even i don't even remember if it's the same hat and i haven't been part of this production for a while now so i can't even just go there casually and check I don't know if it is. I want to see if there's a hat in your place. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I shit. I want to know if it's similar to the one that I have. Hey, hey, hey. They can check my house all they want. It's not here. It's down at the boat now. So I can check my house all they want. <laughs> also, I'm pretty We're sure. That, the boat. I'm pretty Yarr, sure. <laughs> oh, God. We're the pirates now. We come for your booty, which you took from us. Maybe. Can't confirm. Maybe. Um, so, yeah. Great. We've talked about this for so long that I have to title the podcast now Tours a Criminal. Yep. I title you the really podcast do. the main conversation points we have, usually two different things. We have been live for 28 minutes now, essentially 30 minutes. Half an hour has been me as a criminal. I have to title that now. <laughs> <laughs> Is it clickbait? <laughs> I mean, I didn't. I Okay. I don't know. We'll maybe because, <laughs> like, when you think towards a criminal, you think, oh, he 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 like robbed someone at gunpoint or he stole something. It's like he murdered. A yeah, child. like yeah, like criminal activity. He hacked the government. What I didn't do anything like that. On the surface level, I took trash away from a school that they were going to throw away, and I took it for myself. And then I may or may not cannot confirm. May have taken a hat from a costume box. <laughs> cannot cannot confirm, don't remember doing it. I remember seeing that exact hat there, and then one day it was on the top of my closet in my bed. In my bedroom. 
it grew legs and walked. I don't know. I, I, I don't have the memory between the two. I cannot confirm. I actually don't. Like, I'm not saying this to, like, make... If I wanted to rid myself of any possible crime, it would be the amplifier. That amplifier is worth, like, $1,200. If I wanted to rid myself of crime, I'd say I for completely forget how I got that. The hat is maybe $5. Maybe. It is not fancy. It is one material with a basic sewing job. It, it's a children's, like, Halloween Alley pirate hat. Five dollars maximum. <laughs> so, and then like this conductor stick, probably about the same. It's a stick of fiberglass with a rubber tip. Five dollars maximum. So, if I wanted to rid myself of crime, it would be the mic. It would be the amplifier. But school didn't even notice. School probably doesn't even notice. School probably doesn't even remember that it even ever existed. So it's justified. Moving on. <laughs> so. Do you have any topics you wanted? So that's why Jackson's coming. Jackson, you're coming down sailing, by the way. That ties that whole thing together. Because he's a criminal. Because I'm a criminal. And if I'm going to do criminal activities, I'm going to have witnesses that I can put the blame on. Bingo. There we go. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I've been played. I'll make sure. So you wanted to wear the white hat. I'm going to make sure you wear the tricorn hat. So if the person from that production sees that, they're going to be like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> and you're going to be to blame. Uh. Anyways, I, say I have no memory of taking it. Me either. I just—it was in my room one day, and then I decided, you know what, this would be better on the boat, so I took it down to the boat. Simple as that. Um, but anywho, any other random topics you want to talk about? We got about half an hour here. We have twenty-nine uh, minutes actually. Ooh, uh, not off the top of my head, no. If you don't have any topics, then we can get into the new segment of our podcast, the after combat report. Was that what it was called, after combat? After what action. It, after action. So much cleaner. We can get into the after action report of our podcast. This is the perfect opportunity to have like a sponsor. And the after action report is brought to you by Marshall Amplifiers. I don't know. Pirates. <laughs> by Pirates. <laughs> brought to you by Marshall. They make brilliant amplifiers. Oh, actually, actually, hold on. Hold on a moment. One second, actually. This is perfect. The after action report is brought to you by Razor. Bingo. Oh, I know. I can't do that. That's for Wingless Valkyrie. Not for Wings and Rifts. Can't do that. Never mind. I was going to say, like, yeah, uh, that, that was part of the reason we made a whole different thing for it. So, no, I cannot take Razor over here. It's not brought to you by Razor. Do not quote me on that. Razor, if you hear this, I'm sorry. Please forgive me, Daddy. <laughs> Razor's cool people. They're not going to after you, Adam, Daddy. <laughs> Razor's cool. Razor peeps are cool. They'll be fine. Anyways, the After Action Report brought to you by us. Be sure to follow the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Google Play, Pocket Cast, and wherever you find your podcast. And if you follow it on Anchor, you can leave us a voice message, in which case we will play your voice live on the next podcast for us to listen to and enjoy. If you want to share a comment or a question, either is fine. Go ahead and download Anchor. It is free on iOS and Android. And with that, let's get into the After Action Report. After action report, that is what it's called, yes? Yeah. Alright, so just as a heads up everybody, after action report is for D&D. Because we keep talking about Dungeons and Dragons on this podcast a lot, we decided we'd give a special segment to Dungeons and Dragons talk, because it's gonna keep happening, but we'll give it an it actual gonna segment. It's gonna be a thing. It's gonna be a thing, but we'll give it an actual segment where we talk strictly about D&D near the end of the podcast, so that anyone who's listening to the podcast but doesn't care about D&D or just doesn't want to listen to it, knows whereabouts it's going to happen and can at least listen to the first part of the podcast without worry of random D&D talk coming in and then being like, I don't understand. So, after action report, 
we talk about the previous episode of D&D that we had during Storm King's Thunder, what happened, and share our thoughts and opinions on it. And the last say the last episode of D&D that we had, last session of session. the last session of D&D last week on Wednesday to summarize, the party was venturing in Luskin uh, the, the city of sales in the Forgotten Realms. They had just finished doing a dungeon of the king who was forgotten, which is a dungeon created by me. It is not in Storm King's Thunder. Um, after doing so, they traveled back to Luskin. They had to go to a different plane of existence to do this dungeon, by the way, just to make sure, uh, just confirm. Not important right now. Um, or it might be, who knows? I don't know what's gonna be talked about. Jackson has a lot of stuff on his mind that he wants to talk about. So essentially, long story short, kid showed up with a rock with a cool symbol on it. The party touched the rock, they got transported to a different plane of existence and did a four-layer dungeon uh, with this special guest who was the kid, uh, was one of our players' uh, children, decided to come join us for the session. So I did the one-off kind of thing while they were in Luskin so that they could do something unique like a dungeon because it's first time playing Dungeons & Dragons. So what are you going to play? You're going to play a dungeon. Why not? So they, did, yeah. so they did that. Uh, and then they came out of the dungeon, and then one of the player's ultimate enemies, Kranis Nusar, also known as Valentine, who has been talked about on this podcast before, had told the party to meet him in the woods outside of Luskin after dark. The party then ventured off into the woods, finding not just Kranis, but they also found Kranis's horse, Sugi, and two, the two hill giants that had been locked up outside of Luskin prior to this, Oog and Uthba, who were locked up by Valentine and being kept safe. And then they were all in the woods. They ventured out there to confront Kranis, Valentine, Nusar. The character, played by Kendra, not wanted to confront Nusar and ask him about her family and where they came from, as Kranis, Valentine, Nusar is a hunter of changelings. Strictly changelings. Kranis, Nusar did not give her any answers right off the bat. And then they had a fight, which ended with all the players staying completely alive. Not even one of them went unconscious again. Uh, but they murdered both Oog, Uthba, and Sugi, all dropped, and then Kranis Nusar was the last one left fighting. They ended up non-lethally knocking him out, tied him up to a tree, which he attempted to escape many times. Uh, not was able to ask Kranis Nusar a bunch of questions that she wanted answers to. She got a bit of detail and somewhat answers she was looking for, but ultimately not the answers that she wanted, and then ended with cutting off Kranis Valentine Nusar's head and all his other limbs and burying them in different parts around the woods because he kept regenerating his health. So they decided, well, we're going to put the bodies as far away from everything as possible. And that's essentially as much info as I can give without going into full on detail about every little thing. So, yeah, I, I'm good. And again, if you're still unaware of what's going on, I am the dungeon master for this game. Jackson is a player in this game playing the Warforged. Warforged wizard named Wayfinder, or long or long zero one one dash five Wayfinder, right? Am I close? Uh, unit zero zero one dash five six Wayfinder. Five six Wayfinder. Unit zero zero one dash five six Wayfinder. But we everyone just calls him Wayfinder. So it's easier that way. It's easier that way. <laughs> so it's, the last session was strictly just the fight between Kranis Nusar and the party. The, the dungeon thing happened a session before that. So just so everybody knows the difference in time. So what do you want to talk about in the after action report, Jackson? Uh, you totally forgot that I took Counterspell, didn't you? Yes. Yes, I did. 100% <laughs> forgot that. But it was that was such an interesting moment as well. Um, 
I had Kranis, I had both Jackson's character, Wayfinder, Kendra's character, Aim, and a third person. I think it was Sky's character, Pamelin. Yes. Sure. Yeah, Sky's, yeah, because the fox and, was also and there. Todd. And Todd. And her, Todd, her fox familiar. The four of them were all grouped up in an area together. And Kranis came out of invisibility near them. And Kranis, who, by the way, everybody, if you know your Dungeons & Dragons stuff, Kranis is an Oni. That was his character out of the Monster Manual. He's an Oni. So if you're familiar with Onis, then you'll be familiar with his spells and his attacks and abilities. He came out of invisibility, and he blasted them with a cone of cold. I originally had to retcon this because I had him going away going to do something else because I thought Cone of Cold was a single target attack until I reread it and I was like, oh no, it's an area of effect. There's a group of characters over here. Never mind. And I gave myself the ability to retcon because I'm the DM and I rule this universe. So I retconned him going where he was going, came back, did Cone of Cold on all of them, and I was getting real excited. I think it was level, I think you had it at level five too. It, it's in the book, Cone of Cold is a level five spell. I can't pick. Gee, I gotta I can't, go look at it now. Yeah, I, I I'll pull it up right here. But so for monsters, mon if monsters have um, innate spellcasting abilities, some of them like liches will have spells at different levels, but other smaller yep. ones like an oni will just have um, spells that can be cast at will. For an oni, that's darkness and invisibility, and I think one other spell can be cast at will, requiring no components. And then it has another list of spells that can only be cast once per day. But it doesn't say what level those spells are. It just says they can be cast once per day. So one of those spells was Cone of Cold, which is a level five spell. I'm looking at it right here on the in on my app. Yeah, I, I was looking. I was like, I was searching for ice, and I was like, wait, oh. that's not right. <laughs> Yeah. So, but Cone of Cold is a level five spell. So unless otherwise stated in the monster manual, it's cast at yeah. its base level of level five. Which is still pretty good. It is pretty good. Until you counter charm it, or counter spell it. But your counter spell failed anyways, didn't it? You didn't roll high it enough. It did, yes. Yeah. No, I but, did not. But it was such a unique moment because you had told me previously that you were taking counter spell because of your... Um, War magic. War magic perk, which g gives you benefits every time you counter spell something successfully, mm -hmm. though, right? Yes. Or, okay, yeah, it's not just you cast it, boom, you got it. You have to successfully cast it. Basically, what it does is I take the energy from that spell, it's disabling it, and then I can use that energy to boost my damage if I hit with other spells. Yep, but it has to be a successful cast in order to happen. Yes. Otherwise, it'd be broken. Just counter spell, counter spell, failed, that's fine, extra power, hell yeah. <laughs> so. I can but, only have max of three anyways. Three oh, of those power surges. So it's there you infinite. go. Not infinite, but still could be fun when you get them. But anywho, it was a unique moment because everyone was kind of like leaning over, looking at like the map as you were doing that. And I was getting ready to roll damage dice and everything. And then you just, I could, I can't see you, but I could hear you <laughs> just get real close to the microphone and just go counter spell. Yep, that's and, exactly what happened. And every single person at that table, myself included, went, hey, and just got really excited. And it was for Actually, me. You didn't say, hey, you were just like, you piece of shit. Af immediately <laughs> afterwards. But as soon as you went counterspell, I, along with the rest of the group, was like, ha, like, just like uproar of excitement. It was excitement for me because I had forgotten that you have counterspell. And this was a bit. This is about to turn really exciting. Watching Kranis get his spell countered by a construct that he doesn't know. So I had that going through my head. But then immediately after, I was like, "Fuck! I can only cast Cone of Cold 
once per day. That's like his. Shit. That's my main damaging spell for Kranis. And I'm, it's about to be just poof, gone to waste. So it was a mixture of excitement and oh yeah, I forgot about that, but this is exciting too then. Fuck, that's my strongest spell. <laughs> but, oh, that's exactly what it feels like to be a DM, I think. Oh, 100%. It's, like the, it's, the, it's the moments of, hey, my players are doing something really cool and fuck, they're ruining my plans again. Yes. <laughs> Every... It's, it's a very, very unique experience being a DM because... I want you all to succeed. I want you all to achieve your goals, and I want your players, I want every one of your players to make it to the end. I do not want any of your players, or characters, sorry, to die. I don't want that. But, but I also, try. but I also, it's two, it's two different things now that come up. That's, that's the goals I have for you, is to make an amazing story for all of you to play in and create for yourselves out of what I give you, and end it feeling like that was awesome. But at the same time, two other things come up. One of those things being is I don't want it to be easy. I want this to be a challenge. And I f and every encounter high tension moments. I want high tension moments. I don't want you guys coming into especially because this is Storm King Thunder has a lot to do with giants. I don't want you guys going into giant encounters being like we fought giants before. Giants are fucking fine. It's whatever. I wanted to be that like. That was almost kind of what happened with this one until they started belly flopping. It's hill giants, <laughs> like it's what they do. So, but it's it was that moment. It's those moments of like most of the encounters you guys have had have involved giants. Most of the time, it's been frost giants so far, which are supposed to be like big, enormous, old creatures that have existed for decades and sometimes even centuries of time that just shake the ground with their with their just walking and ancient beings and you guys are steamrolling through them like they're wet paper and it's partially it's partially my fault because of this because it's it's, it's even worse now because of the magic item that Cray uh, Mike's character who's been on the podcast that he received after defeating Nurgle the Tormentor that's a character for his backstory um, after the I made him a magic item it's it's based off of a magic item that does exist in the book, and I kind of altered it slightly lore-wise and personality-wise for his character. Oh, it, so it's a sentient weapon. It's not a sentient weapon. Uh, okay. Never no, it's, it's not that cool. <laughs> Feels bad. Feels bad. It's not a sentient weapon. It is something I knew was strong to give to him, but I didn't think he would use it in the way that he's using it, which is totally fair. Um... You sure, don't need I'll, to tell me. You sure you don't want to know? Because it's it's no, a fun, it's a fun item. Okay. It he can use it in multiple different ways. It has multiple ways to be used. He's using it pretty much exactly how I would use it if it was my item. Mm -hmm. So you're like, oh I'm so proud of you, but at the same time, I'm you're so, ruining everything. I'm so I'm so proud of you. But if he hits with all three attacks, before even rolling dice, he's doing twenty seven damage. Mm -hmm. If he rolls, if he hits with all three of his attacks, his his because he has two he has two attacks at level six. Plus he ha is using um, his bonus action. His bonus action to make his third attack. So if he hits with all three attacks and all three hit, all three hits minimum do twenty seven damage, which is more damage than I can do. Yeah, and that's before even rolling dice. So he's looking at an average of around forty to fifty damage. If all three attacks hit, 
and he rolls standard rolls for all three hits, which is absurd at level six. Mm -hmm. So yes, but it's totally fair and fine because that's the item I gave him. But he's using the item strictly for outgoing attacks. There are multiple ways to use this item, but he's doing it just flat out damage, which I mean, I can't, hey. That's I cannot fault him for absolutely. I cannot fault him for that because I'm never usually a defensive player. I usually put everything into attack and offense and go for it and just have at her. That's my deal. That's usually what I do, with the exception of Ventus. Ventus is a character I play in a campaign actually run by Mike, also a Jackson. Ventus, mm -hmm. I have an AC of 19 at level two. At level two, I had an AC of 19, which is absurd. So, but I'm also playing a paladin, so with a shield. Because if you're playing a paladin without a shield, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh. <laughs> it's, I know it's an option out there, but do you have a paladin that plays it on a shield? Ganark. You know, the Banhammer. It oh, was my paladin. That's right. He's a paladin you know, dual-wielding hammers. No, 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 no. One big hammer. Oh, it's he one was big a great hammer. weapon oh. paladin. Oh, okay. Well, I was literally running around smashing things with a with a, a hammer that was literally Poppy's hammer. That's true. Okay. Yeah, fair point. <laughs> that's fair. Most paladins, though, when you think of a paladin, you think of the big, massive FU big boys, shields. You know, yeah. tanks. Yeah, tanks with shields, which is why my AC was 19 at level 2, which is outrageous. Mm -hmm. um, but Arena at this point... the same way. Is Reyna also He's a paladin? A yeah, I was going to say, Reyna's a fighter, so... But anywho, so the, he's using the weapon pretty much how I'd use the weapon for most any kind of character I'd play with that weapon, which is fine. But I've also had to start balancing a lot harder. And then also, um, Kendra's character, who's a ranger, has a bear companion, but we're not mm -hmm. using normal ranger stats for the animal companion because I thought they were pretty lackluster. On your turn, you can both move independently, but you have to decide if your character is attacking or if your animal companion is attacking. You can only pick yeah. one. Plus, if you were only picking the animal companion, the stats for the animal companion are pretty crap if you go oh, yeah. based off of just the book's way of going about it. So I was like, well, that's not exactly fair that you have like fighters and wizards and warlocks who have super awesome shit. And then the ranger can potentially be really good, especially with the animal companion, but it needs work. It needs to be improved upon. So I said, you know what? We're going to homebrew a little bit of work. And I made it so that sh they can both move independently and they both fight independently and they can both attack on the turn separately. And then mm -hmm. I also had Nibs become upgraded a little bit because by the time they reached level 6 and Nibs was still a base level bear with an AC of 12 and health points of 11 at level when they were level 6, which is not great. Useless. He's useless. Literally so, useless. So I, I had to and go at this about... this point, Nibs is like a full-on character. So yeah, him pretty much. cool. No, it would not. It's not just, oh, my animal companion died. This is big... Like Nibs is a Nibs is a character in this in this party. He is a very important character in this party now. But because of the way I designed Nibs, this 2.0 version, he does a lot of damage. He has three attacks per turn, two claws and one bite. I cannot remember the minimum amount of damage he's doing before rolls, but I think it's it's 12 because he has plus four. No, 
He has a plus four to his claws, four, eight, and then a plus two to his bite, so ten. He has a minimum of ten damage if all three of his attacks hit. But then he also gets bonuses if he's attacking something marked by Hunter's Mark, marked by Kendra. Mm -hmm. And he also has a reaction um, called Keep Them Safe, whereas if he is in combat distance with, a, with an enemy creature that does damage to an ally of Nibs, he can immediately take his reaction to either make a one bite or one claw attack against that creature. Mm -hmm. So... And that essentially makes Nibs a character of himself. So I'm doing all these calculations every time you guys are about to come out to an encounter with my with the website I'm using, D&D Beyond. Wonderful place. Check it out. And using their encounter builder, which is a little bit more fleshed out than the Cobalt Fight Club one I have been using. And mm -hmm. every single encounter so far has been deadly. But I've, I've come to the realization now it's deadly because I'm setting it at seven characters at level six. And D&D Beyond, of course, is going seven standard rules characters of level six standard rules versus these creatures which they're saying is deadly but it's not factoring into account the magic items that the characters have the weapons that cray now has that do an ass that do 27 base damage before even rolling or nibs who's not even a regular animal companion he's a fully fleshed out animal that has multi-attack and a lot of damage going on like all that stuff factors in that these encounters are not deadly anymore. They're probably hard at best. But of course, I cannot calculate anything past deadly. As soon as you reach the deadly threshold, it just stays as deadly regardless of what you toss onto it. It doesn't go to like deadly times two or deadly times three. It's just deadly. So I think you're just going to have to start uh, not relying on it and just kind of scaling things as you see fit that's essentially what one I'm... thing one thing you do have to know is that since there's like eight characters that's eight turns worth of actions oh yeah for yours and that which is the most important thing and that's what i've started changing now after the kranis nusar fight i really looked at how i was doing encounters afterwards and i've made changes now to how i'm going to go about encounters what i've been doing one thing I haven't been doing, which a lot of people online say to do, but for me it's kind of cheating. Like, of course, you have the screen up, the Dungeon Master has a DM screen up, so that you can roll the rolls behind the screen and you can keep stats and everything secret from the characters, so they don't know what's going on. Which I'm totally okay with and I'm totally for it. But, every single roll I've been making has been legit, because if I start fudging rolls, I feel like you guys will notice. You guys will notice when I'm fudging rolls, and this is the other thing that has kind of been talked about online. If your characters, if the enemies your creature, your characters are fighting are starting to fail and lose, just add more health to them. Just change their health bar. Which I can understand doing, but it also doesn't give realism to it. Because I have to tell you guys, they look somewhat injured. Oh, they're starting to look a bit hurt. Or they're knocking on death's door kind of thing. And I'm going off of the numbers that are dwindling from your guys' damage. But if I am just adding numbers or changing how much damage you guys are doing to it without then it's, any sort of like oh hey this happens yeah something just, unexpected yeah like if like if a character has 20 health left and someone does 22 points of damage to him and i say all right and i change it to a 12 so that he's still up with two it's not fair maybe you guys never notice that i do that but it's, it's you don't it's, like it yourself I don't like it and myself. It's not fair, it's not realistic, and it doesn't... Then suddenly the amount of damage that you guys are doing doesn't matter to me, or even to the creatures, if I'm just going to fudge their health or fudge their attack rolls. Because now suddenly, why do I bother rolling? Is, 
is everybody has their own way of DMing. And if you are don't feel like that's a, a good way to DM, like you already said, you're not going to do any encounters that don't mean something. Like yeah. the random encounters. I hate random encounters. I've, I so hate them. That, and that's one thing that I feel is really good. You changed something and made it something that's more important and more better for your style. And that's really why I think that you can go very far with these with DMing. Is that once you find your style and your way of, you know, getting around the 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 bullshit that you put yourself through, <laughs> you will make it very far using your own rules and make it fun for everyone. So just keep doing what you're doing and just find that happy place in between, you know, having things too easy and oh crap, I'm about to TPK. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and everyone does have their own way of DMing and stuff, and I am still very much a relatively new D dungeon master. This is my first time ever doing a campaign. I've done strictly one-offs until this, and then I decided, mm -hmm. let's go one-off, one-off, one-off. All right, let's do a probably, like, over a year-long campaign. Sure. Great idea. <laughs> with seven characters. Oh, God. I mean, that was never the plan to begin with, but... No, it was not. It was not the plan to begin with. Sorry about that, uh, everybody. I accidentally clicked a button and it went over top of Jackson's face. Anyways, it's all fixed now. Sorry, settings showed up over your face. My apologies, but, but I don't know. It's I'm so far. I'm I'm okay with decisions I've made as a DM. Like I've been okay taking away flanking. I know you've brought up like, is it flanking? And I've had to be like, we're not using flanking in this game because to me it's like, well, if you're gonna flank or anything that would involve flanking, I would rather just give advantage. To That's me, it's just what flanking does. Yes, but I'd rather just, depending on the situation and what's going on, give advantage that way, than tactically, am I flanking? Yes, okay, bingo, I suddenly have advantage. I'd rather just, depending on the situation and what you're trying to do and how you word it, I'd give advantage that way. It, it Then it changed it from, okay, board game, where am I on the board game, bingo, I now get flanking if I go here rather than here, kind of thing. It changed that from that to suddenly, okay, well, I'd like to do this. Okay, how do you want to do this? I want to go, I want to hide over by that tree, get really crouched in low, and then make an attack right behind him right here. Sure, normally it's flanking, but I go, okay, well, then let's try and get you over there and hide. Make a stealth check. Success. Bingo. Okay, they have no idea you're there. Now make your attack with advantage. It involves, to me, it changes it up from tactical play to role play, and I much rather role play than board game play, if that makes any sense. I see where you're coming from. Yes. So that that's why I, that's that why I kind of just that did away with flanking. In case as well, that also would give advantage, anyways. Yes. I, I don't <laughs> know. I watched I watched a YouTube video by a channel called XP XP to level three, and they talked about how they do away with flanking in their games and their reasonings for it. And I agreed with every single thing they said. And that's why I was like, "That's brilliant. That makes perfect sense. I'm doing away with flanking because I agree with every point they made." So that's why I did away with flanking. And then also, and then also, carry weight did away with because I'm fine with that. It's too much. Carry weight's annoying. I want D and D to be a fun experience, not a numbers game where you're constantly like, "Hey, what is my cubic feet of my backpack, and how much weight do I have in this cubic feet, and everything, and what, what?" Like, that's just too much detail. When it gets to, if I, if you say, "I want to take that anvil with me," okay, anvil's too heavy to take kind of thing that's when i will start put, yeah that's when i will put shit into it or when someone's like i want to put the rock in the bag of holding 
not only is that a bad idea because that rock leads to another plane of existence and you're putting that into a bag of holding which is another plane of existence and <laughs> yeah but the but the bag itself it's a little messenger bag the boulder was like this big it's not gonna fit so i like <laughs> picked it up like that and yes it. it's fucking massive boulder <laughs> that you just lifted and walked away with so oh, that's funny i thought it was like a tiny little you know Oh, no, 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 this thing was like this. Like, it was a boulder rock. It wasn't a fucking little handheld thing. That would fit in the bag of holding, sure. And if you want to do that, go for it. Have have fun, see what happens. But no, it was a fucking boulder. So Wayfinder literally took it out of the guy's hand and took it to Yes. Way. Yes. Now, I'm glad you oh, realize... That significantly hilarious. I'm glad you realize exactly what happened now. It wasn't like, hmm. No, it was... <laughs> fucking walked away. So, yeah. So, like, stuff like that, I've just kind of done away with. And then, anybody who missed the podcast where I talked about why I took away random encounters, just to summarize for, for you, normally pre written campaigns by Wizards of the Coast will have, depending on what areas you're traveling in, they'll have a random encounter table where while the, while the party is traveling, you just roll a D100 on this table, and then depending what the dice rolls, you, it'll line up with an encounter, and then bingo, you have them fight that on their travels. So that their travels are not strictly travel time, they actually do something and fight something. But to me, I saw that as it bogs down time, because if, if every time you're randomly traveling from town to town, and you are fighting something, it doesn't make sense, because if every single thing that ever got attacked between traveling from town to towns, there'd be no cargo, there'd be no supply lines, there'd be no travelers, no one would get their bread because everything would be attacked by wolves or bandits or fucking frog people or whatever. They would constantly be being attacked by stuff on the road and nothing would get through. Everything would have to have traveling guardsmen, which doesn't make sense. Also, if you're doing a campaign and you have random encounters just kind of showing up just to have combat, it bogs down time to do a combat thing strictly just to fight and to possibly get loot out of as well. D&D is not a video game. It's a story. It's a narrative driven by the players. And I don't want to throw in random encounters that mean nothing to the overall story just for the sake of having combat. It bogs down time and it's essentially pointless when even if the random like the characters are level six right now for example so if i roll on a random counter table and they have to fight i don't know three winter wolves for whatever and they kill all three winter wolves great they fought three winter wolves that's exciting what do they get for loot the fur what are you gonna do with the fur probably nothing maybe sell it and it, it just bogs down time if i'm gonna have a random encounter which also don't always have to be sorry about the microphone which also don't always have to be fighting a random encounter can literally be you're walking down the road and you find an old man sitting on the side of the road with his dog. Do you want to talk to him? Do you not want to? We're going to keep traveling. Okay, cool. Boom. Random encounter done. Mm -hmm. Simple as that. Or they can decide to talk to the old man, and maybe they find out some lore and some history about the going-ons around town or around the area, and maybe they get a hint at a possible encounter later on that might happen a couple sessions from now or something and it just sits in the back of their minds and then they continue traveling to town now it involves a story now it doesn't bog down time and it's not useless stuff that's happening or like the random encounters i had for you guys um or not quote-unquote random yeah going sorry what going what 
going to Huddlestone from yes, Crescendo. going to Huddlestone. That one, I did use a random encounter table, but I had stuff planned for the overall story depending on what I rolled. It wasn't just, these come out of the snow, roll initiative. I had plans for every single encounter. There was townspeople, which you encountered once when you were traveling from Huddlestone. There was a boy and a father that traveled you on the road and you had quick passings with. That was just a random encounter thing that I rolled. Could have potentially been more, but you guys didn't stop to talk to them. They just kept going, so that's what that is. But, I, yeah, and then I rolled the natural 20 for the random encounter, so... Ice Claws, the ancient white dragon with a, with a fucking w dead wizard rider, comes out of the sky. I was like, oh shit, brother, cool. Uh, this is not really spoilers for you, but I'm gonna just tell you this right now. Ice Claws, or what's his real name? His real name is so much cooler, but I can never remember it, and it's also just impossible to fucking pronounce. <laughs> Let's see if I can find it here. Ice Claws... D&D. &D. Uh, nope, Ice Claws is a spell, apparently. That's not what I mean. Um... Ice Claws is apparently a spell. Uh, Ice Claws. Uh... Is in, for sorcerers and wizards at level seven. This spell creates a this spell creates a massive reptilian claw made of ice. The ice claw can make one grapple attack per round. Its attack bonus and grapple modifier equal to your caster level plus your initiative modifier and character modifier, or charisma modifier. Sorry. Uh, the claw can attack the in the round it appears. Interesting. It's it's apparently page one eighteen. Ice claw. Thank you. <laughs> you already heard me looking for it. Yep. In uh, are you sure? One eighteen. It says spell comp spell compendium page one eighteen. Oh. Oh wait, that spell compendium is a book. Yes. That's why. Oh. We don't have that. This is from three point five. That's why. The spell compendium was a book from three point five. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. I'll look it up and see if it's in 5e now. There, uh, might be, but I found the actual character Ice Claw. Okay. Oh, nope, apparently I did not. Ice Claw was, was an intelligent plus three Frostbrand short sword that was crafted by dwarves of the north in their fight against dragons of the region. Not what I was looking nice. for. I, I found a page for this for this dragon, and there was, like, barely any information on it. Here, why don't if I go Ancient White Dragon? Ancient. Anybody listening to the podcast right now, right now that actually knows about this is going. Oh yeah. Definitely. Ancient white dragon. Bingo. Yeah, th that's the name because I can never fucking pronounce this. Arviaturence. A R V E I A T U. Uh, send me it. Okay. <laughs> That's the link. That's the name. And there now you have an actual picture for it as well. So, sorry anybody in chat. Um, anybody who wants to look this up, I will save the link for um, Ice Claws, as the nickname is. Um, oh, also nicknamed White Worm as well. That was not in Storm King's Thunder. But, so... Essentially what happened is that I had a little bit of a story thing set up for Ice Claws that I made myself. Because in Storm King Slender, it just says Ancient White Dragon for if you roll a natural 20 on the random encounter thing. Actually, hold on. Jackson, I'm going to go grab Storm King Slender, the book, 
you continue this podcast without me for a brief moment. The podcast is in your hands. Uh-oh. Well, it looks like the name is Avateras. Avateras. Arviaturus? Yeah, Arviaturus, I'd say. He's definitely an interesting white dragon, that's for sure. Okay, I'm back. I have the book. I need to really read out this page now because I did not find this page when I was... Uh, the, pa the page online, sorry, is what I mean. Um, uh, the name is Aviaturus. Is that how you pronounce it? I assume so. Yeah, there's no way to pronounce it. It just says the name. Arviaturus. That's probably the easiest way I would say to pronounce it. Arviaturus. Something like that. I like how, like, the third thing there is pronunciation. Oh, is it? Description, combat, relationships, history, appendix. No, 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 in, in Google. <laughs> oh, in Google is the third thing there, I see. Oh, I did not see that. But I'm just quickly scrolling through the book here. Give me a second to find that encounter yeah, table. I, I was totally right. It's Arviaturus. Arviaturus, okay. Oh, okay, here it is. So... For the random encounters in Icewind Dale, this was the thing where I had set up for all of you guys. Um, that you could possibly fight frost giants, barbarians, reindeer, yeti, ten towners, crag cats, a young remores, or an ancient white dragon. And you got the ancient white dragon. Now, this is what it says for ancient white dragon. Arviaturus, right? Something like that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Arviaturus, better known to North Folk as Ice Claws, claims Icewind Dale as part of her domain. Her domain. Yeah. The characters catch sight of her in the sky overhead. Rarely does she consent or condescend to meddle in the affairs of land dwellers. However, if one or more characters neglect to take cover, which you guys did, you were on the open road and you didn't do anything, mm -hmm. she swoops down for a closer look at them and they at her. The dragon is quite insane, and she wears a saddle to which is strapped the dead, withered corpse of a wizard she once regarded as a friend. Arviaturus occasionally calls out to the corpse and Draconic, which I did, as though the wizard were still alive. The dragon isn't hungry or spoiling for a flight, but if spoiling for a fight, sorry, but if one or more characters refuse to cower before her, Arviaturus might strafe them once with her breath weapon or try to snatch up one with her claws, grappling the victim instead of dealing damage on a hit, only to drop the poor fool from a perilous height several rounds later. That's it. That's all the info given about her. So, I tried to look her up. I didn't find this page beforehand, so I made up a story for Arviaturus and her, and her rider, which didn't come to play because none of you guys got to question that far and I had her leave eventually mm -hmm. but and then I decided you know what why have a random like that was set up as a random encounter why on earth would there be a random white dragon encounter that you do just once near Icewind Dale an ancient white dragon with a wizard a dead wizard on her back seems like a pretty important detrimental thing to be a random one-time encounter. So I decided when you guys were in Fightershear, doing that whole spiel with the Frost Giants there, potentially she could show up again because she's an ancient white dragon and dragons and giants have very, 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 very bad relationships. She would not want them in her area. 
So I decided, well, let's see if she randomly shows up for this, making it another natural 20 to see if she would randomly show up. And on a 19, you would hear them. You would hear her overhead, but she would not come. Second round, rolled 19. You guys heard the roaring. Round after that, natural 20. Okay. And she came down and landed and fought. So. Which was very handy. It was very handy. It helped out immensely. So. But it's stuff like that where it's, where it's like random encounters. I get the I get the idea for them. If you have a party that just fucking loves combat and just fighting shit, sure, keep random encounters as is. But for a game where I'm playing, where it's very very heavy story related, and I want everything to matter and not just be useless time spent. If you're gonna have an encounter, and I'm go either going to plan the encounter so it's something specific, or like I did with the Icewind Dale encounters. I will have a short little story thing set up for each one, excuse me, burp, for each one of them. So depending on whatever one I roll, then I have something planned that matters for that encounter. That's the, I will tell you this right now, that is the only random encounter I've ever done where I just rolled for something. And it's probably the only one I'm ever going to do. Everything else I have planned set up right now for where you guys are going, I have ideas for not everywhere you go is going to have encounters, by the way, because that's just doesn't make sense. Um, not even combat or just regular encounters. But depending where you go, I have ideas for encounters set up that matter, that are fully fleshed out and planned, and I don't need to leave it up to chance to see what happens. It's fully fleshed out and it's planned and it matters. So mm -hmm. that's my way of doing it, just so there's no time wasted and everything feels like it's beneficial and crucial. I appreciate that because wasting time is of mine I would say yeah and it's the same thing with mine like if I'm doing stuff and I'm going and if I'm playing in D&D &D and it's a long-term campaign and it's an overarching story that I'm involved in I want to do stuff related to it I love downtime downtime is great but I don't like time wasting which I mm -hmm. feel is like if I'm going around the road and then suddenly a band of goblins and their orc leader come out and they're attacking us because they tr troll on these things okay cool Sure, why not? Let's do combat, but then that's an hour to an hour and a half of combat, kill all the goblins, no useful stuff because they're goblins, and you can't even sell their stuff because they're goblins, and then you make it to the next town. Sure, we got the thrill of a fight, but overall it means nothing, which is what I don't like. So, mm -hmm. then I'll leave that to that. Um, yeah, do you have any... I, now I need to read about this page because there's a little bit... The page is not super long. But now I can actually have actual information about this character, should the character come back up again. So that'll be nice. <laughs> I don't know. You said you guys were planning to go back to Icewind Dale to deliver the head of Kranis Nusar, so I don't know. Maybe it'll happen. Who knows? I do. But they don't. So. My finder's going to get picked up by Ice Claws. Feels oh. bad, man. Oh, boy. <laughs> hey, no, no. She's curious. If they refuse to cower before her, then she will strafe them with a nice with a breath attack or pick one up and drop them. I don't think we cowered. No, no, you did not. <laughs> so uh, I, all, all of us are just like, eh? yeah, this is <laughs> interesting. A couple of them, like I know Cray and maybe Bronx were like readying their weapons like, yo, if shit goes down, like we about to fight a fucking dragon here. <laughs> was like, here. oh, I see my new armor. Yeah, Cray's like, I'm gonna wear this skin, brother. <laughs> this is an ancient white dragon. Yes, you guys are OP for level six characters, but you're not that OP. 
No, that that breath weapon will literally kill us all. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Just just for fun, let's look at an ancient white dragon's breath weapon before we end this stream. Just for fun, ancient white dragon. Isn't it like fourteen d eight or some shit? It's something ridiculous. I don't remember. I had it pulled up when I was playing um, ice claws during the fire sheer attack, um, but I don't think she used her ice her. Her no, breath weapon during that. No, she used bites and claws. She was way too close to combat. Sure, more than enough. I think she tail slapped once. Maybe, yeah. So Which does yeah. a lot of fucking damage. Ancient White Dragon tail attack is a plus 14 to hit with a 20 foot reach. It's only 2d8 plus 8 though, bludgeoning damage. Which is not bad. Oh, it, it, it just, it's gonna hit. <laughs> but, but it, yeah, with a plus 14 to hit, it'll hit. However, her breath weapon, cold breath is a 90-foot cone. Each creature must make a DC 22 constitution saving throw. You're kidding! Nope. DC 22 constitution saving throw. Holy shit! Fail. Take 16d8. Cold. So it was even more than I was expecting. Yeah, 16d8 six, cold damage, or half as much damage on a successful save. Average, okay. average 72 <laughs> damage. That's the average. 72 damage on average. Yeah, because yeah, that would kill me instantly. No, oh, I would kill any of you instantly. Well, I don't I don't know if it would kill any of you instantly. It would it would knock every one of your characters unconscious. Oh, 100%. No question about that. So, yeah, without a freaking doubt. I don't even know if like the chances of any of you making a 22 constitution saving throw. I don't know what you guys' uh, modifiers are to them. Me? You might be able to. You have high constitution, so possibly. I, I have high constitution, and I also have my uh, deflector uh, mechanic with. Uh, oh, and you also have magic. react. You also have reflection sh or reaction shield as well. But that doesn't. Uh, shield is only AC. That's only AC. Yeah. But and then my reaction is used with uh, the other one, anyways. Hmm. So I'd have to a roll high on that and use the those buffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I got 78 rolling 60 D8. Like, that basically kills me. Pretty much. Almost. Like, it 100% knocks you unconscious. Unbel oh, un without un a fucking doubt. Yeah. So, if I make the save and I'm at full HP, I can take one hit. You can take one hit, yeah. Cause if I make the save. If you make the save of a 22 constitution saving Here, throw. I'm going to roll a save and see if I make it. Okay, let's see what this constitution saving throw is. Just just for shiggles. Which is shits and giggles. I'm not proficient doesn't in know. it, unfortunately. Oof. No proficiency modifier. Which is plus three now. Uh, I did it with advantage, so I got to do that again. <laughs> you yeah, do I not get 15. advantage. 15. Yeah, no, you take... At 16d8 damage, which if I don't want to roll, I'll just say 72. Which is uh, a lot. Yeah. And, and even if I use what, what is it? arcane deflection, I only get plus four. <laughs> so. Well, how much how much health does Wayfinder have at, at full? Uh, 75. Uh, 47, sorry. 47. 75. Holy shit. So 47 tank, yes. minus 72. Yeah, it leaves you at negative 25, so it doesn't kill you outright. It will knock you unconscious, though. Oh, it'll knock me straight on my ass. <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't kill you outright, which is good. So, yeah, ancient, <laughs> ancient white dragon. The the bite, the claw, and the tail attacks are, sure, they're whatever. Like, they're only 2d10, 2d6, or 2d8. All three of them have plus 8. 
But those ones, like, you can tangle with. Cold breath, you cannot tangle with. Cold breath will fuck you up. Literally, we're, we're sitting there like... Yep, you're done. You're done. Frozen. Actually, it doesn't freeze you. Cone of, cone of cold, ironically, does. the does. Cone of cold, if a character falls unconscious or dies from it, gets frozen in place. Mm -hmm. But cold breath does not, which is strange, considering, you know, cold breath should do that five times over than cone of cold. But oh well. Yeah, Cold breath just you could, turns. You, you could put it in there. I could put it in there just for fucking flavor. <laughs> you are a, exactly. a block of ice, and no, you cannot be dethawed. You are dead. You, yeah. you try and thaw you, and we break off your head by accident. Feels Pretty much, <laughs> it's not happening. So yeah. Also, legendary resistance is just fucking great. If the dragon yeah. fails a saving throw, it could choose to succeed instead. Just cause, just why not? <laughs> just choose. You know what? That's Success. bullshit. <laughs> I only have three of them. It, well, I don't. I, I, I don't have only three, but like, uh, Ancient White Dragon has three legendary resistances. If it fails the same throw, I can choose to succeed three times per day. Okay, I was gonna say that's bullshit. Not just for any of them. No, that that would be ridiculous. <laughs> just that'd be you, like you have to make off. a you have to make a saving throw. I succeed. Not even gonna bother rolling because if I roll, I can just just no. For three of them, I can just succeed. So for three times, I could decide to just succeed without rolling if I wanted to, but that would be a waste. You can roll anyways. I might as well roll because if I succeed, then I don't need to expend it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, ancient white dragons, man, super cool. Any of the ancient dragons are cool. You I'm a little... can't wait to use one. I did already. I had ice claws fight and fire share. Us against you i will this is what i will tell you right now if you guys you already know about ice claws or aventurous as her proper name is you guys already know about her she's helped you sort of at fireshare she didn't exactly help you she came down and she murdered one frost giant and then peaced out but that's just because dragons and giants have a long history of hatred against each other that's why but as the book says she doesn't really attack people she's just very curious and if they don't cower before her then she maybe gets agitated, but she's not like a red dragon. That's just everything. Yeah, that's like, everything. That's not me must die, because then you're fucked. Is that, is that literally red dragons? Pretty much a red. So a red dragon. Chromatic and metallic dragons are two very different things. Yeah, like they, so an ancient white dragon is a chaotic evil. Um, oh yeah, they'll, they'll they'll do whatever they please. Yeah, but I had to make exceptions for this one because this one had a rider, so it obviously talked with someone. No, 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 no. That was red. No, but ancient white dragons are also chaotic evil. Oh, so, shit. But that's why I said I had to make exceptions to this one because it had a rider on its back. So, yes, the rider is dead, but it had to have had, a it, at some point in its life, befriended this person and was able to get a saddle on it and ride with it. Mm -hmm. So it had to have some changes to its alignment. So that's why I made changes to its alignment. Well, I didn't make changes to his line. I played, I played it how I played it because of the history that the book gave me and the history that I made up for it. Ancient Red Dragon is also chaotic evil as well. Oh, yeah. But all it, of those ancient dragons are chaotic evil. Yeah, except do uh, you want to know the fire breath attack for an ancient red dragon? Is it like 20d10 or some bullshit? 26d6 for an average of 91 damage. Yikes. And you don't need to make a DC constitution saving throw 
you need to make a DC dexterity at 24. <laughs> DC 24 dexterity saving throw or take average 91 or 26 D6 fire damage. That will probably, what would you say? You had 47? 47 health maximum? Yeah. All right, well, yeah, let's see here. Forty-five. Forty-seven minus ninety-one. Yep. No, forty-four. So it wouldn't kill me. It wouldn't kill you. Forty-seven. <laughs> forty-seven minus the average of ninety-one leaves you at negative forty-four. You still only go unconscious. And like half melted. Then half melted and seared. So yeah. Oof. Fire breath, man. Twenty-six D six. Average of ninety-one damage. Yikes. Dra ancient ancient dragons are dope, man. Ancient dragons are just fucking cool. But you know what else is cool? Leaving us a message on Anchor for the podcast. Thank you guys so much for coming down. We have done a very long podcast. Appreciate you guys coming down and hanging out with us. If you're watching this, uh, no one watched this live, but that's okay. Didn't expect anybody to because we're on a new Twitch page. But if you're listening to this on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or Pocket Casts, wherever you listen to your podcast, give us a thumbs up. Share us around with your friends. If, to people that you enjoy or don't enjoy and you just want them to suffer, make them listen to our podcast too. We don't mind. You do whatever you'd like. And appreciate you guys hanging out with us. My name is Jax. My name is Torsten Nogle, also known as Wingless Valkyrie. So I was so close. I don't know why I do that every time. My name is Torsten Nogle, also known as Wingless Valkyrie. My co-host, as always, is Jackson Komaiki, also known as Refixix. Once we're done the podcast here, in roughly 20 minutes, we're also going to be live back on the main channel, Wingless Valkyrie, doing some Monster Hunter. It's ironic, we go from Dungeons & Dragons talking about dragons, and now we're going to go play some Monster Hunter, where we will probably... And murder some. And probably end up murdering some dragons. So, if you guys want to come check that out, over, head over to twitch.tv slash Valkyrie. Check us out on there. If you're listening to this uh, afterwards on a podcast, the stream's already over, unfortunately. But if you want to catch future streams, head on over to twitch.tv slash Valkyrie and check us out over there. Or if you just want to watch the podcast happen live instead of listening to it, head over to twitch.tv slash wingsandriffs. That's W-I-N-G-S-A-N-D-R-I-F-F-S. And there you go. It's not Wings and Riffs podcast, just Wings and Riffs. And the link for it is also down below in the description box, so you don't have to do any typing. Just do some clicking. Without further ado, thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, tell your friends. If you didn't, you tell me. Have yourself a good one, everybody, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye.